Welcome to Financially Ever After, where award-winning and nationally recognized financial expert Stacy Francis will bring you savvy tips and words of wisdom on how to secure your financial future before, during, and after divorce. For 30 minutes every other week, you'll hear personal stories from women who have either faced or are currently facing this transition. In addition, you'll also soak up knowledge and inspiration from the industry's top legal, financial, residential, and mental health professionals. And now here's our host, Stacy Francis. Well, thank you and great to have you here on Financially Ever After. Today, we are making history. Yes, we have our first male ever here on Financially Ever After. Uh, and today we're going to be talking with one of my favorite people, uh, someone that I actually get to work with uh, here every day at Francis Financial, Devon Barrett. He is an analyst here. We've been lucky enough to uh, be able to work with him here at uh, now going on three years. I can't believe uh, four. four years. It's already um, already coming up to that. Um, and just to give you an idea of what Devon does here, trust me, he keeps really, really, really busy and uh, works with our investment management reporting, comprehensive financial planning. Essentially, if there's a question you have about your finances, Devon is the man. Um, he comes actually from New York University uh, with a degree in economics, which is actually the same degree as me. Um, and he, again, as I mentioned, has been with our firm now um, about four years. Positive attitude, positive, positive, positive. Your parents obviously did a lot of things right. And he has just a really amazing, warm personality, a huge asset to our team. Um, not only does he do a lot of work here, um, but he doesn't sit still outside the office. And he is a huge lover of music, music production. In fact, uh, the music that you hear as our intro uh, to finally ever financially ever after the intro and outro, um, Devon is credited with this. He is the person who. Uh, put that together for every single one of our episodes. Um, so we're really excited to have Devon here because he is here to share uh, his personal story about what is it like to be a child of divorce? What's it like to uh, grow up and watch your parents essentially separate? And he has some really smart detailed tips uh, for for our listeners about how does this impact kids, what we can do to try and help our kids, because I know for the majority of women, the reason why a lot of women stay in their marriage is because they don't want to hurt their kids. Um, so there's, gosh, there's so much to talk about. And I just want to say thank you for being here because I know that this is a very personal topic, but every single woman listening to this podcast right now, I can tell you is riveted, riveted to hear what this experience was like for you and, and any tips, because as you know, kids are, are so important and you know, that is what we live our lives for. So, so thank you for being here, Devon. Stacy, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I need that warm intro for all of my meetings going forward. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, the work that we do, you can always feel the impact of it. So when I was approached to do this, I you know, jumped at the opportunity to just not only bring in the expertise that we use in our day to day, but also just bring my personal touch to it. So I'm excited. 
Nice. So now tell me, tell me a little bit about your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when did your parents decide to separate? Was it when you were itty, itty, bitty? Were you in your late teens? Yep. Um, what was that like for you? Yep. So when my parents separated, I was very young. Okay. I was going to say, I'm, I was either six or seven. You know, okay. when you're a kid, the timeline kind of blurs. Yeah. Um, and then they got officially divorced when I was in high school, early high school. So maybe 13 or 14. So they were separated for quite some time. They were. They were. And how did you deal with that? Did you live with your mom mm-hmm. certain days a week and then your dad other days? Yep. So I lived with my mom uh, during the weekdays because okay. we, we lived in Pennsylvania at the time. We were in the Poconos. And um, both my parents are essentially from New York. My mom is born and bred from Brooklyn, and my dad has been in New York since he's come to America from Jamaica. So once they separated, he went back to Queens immediately. Um, and so I stayed with my mom during the week just to maintain my school life and kind of yeah. maintain that normalcy. You can't commute between Queens no. and New Jersey. No, definitely or not. P- Pennsylvania. No. I remember that none of those places. No, yeah. no, it's tough. But on the weekend, I, I spent time with my dad in Queens. Okay. Yep. So that was the, the back and forth. And then um, shortly after that, my mom decided that she just didn't want to maintain a home in the Poconos. She calls it the, the wilderness. Uh, maintain that home in the wilderness by herself, essentially. So we moved back to New York as well. We moved, that's when I moved to Rockford County, and that, uh, that's where I'm from. Well, definitely the Poconos are wilderness compared yeah. Oh, yeah. to, oh, yeah. you know, being being in New York. Um, <laughs> what worked really well mm-hmm. between the households? Um, were you able to have your own room with your dad and your own room with your mom? Was that was that something they were able to do? How how did they try to make you feel comfortable at each of the new homes? Yeah, so the situation transitioned a few times. So when we were in the Poconos, I obviously had my own room. It was a house. We had, everybody had their own space. Um, then my dad moved to Queens, and it was a one-bedroom. So whenever I was with him, I was sharing that room with him. Um, then we moved to Rockland County, and we got a two-bedroom apartment. And But at the time, my great-grandmother was with us because my mom worked. So she was my caregiver during the week when my mom was um, working. Luckily, my mom worked, uh, you know, solid hours, nine to five, and it was nearby. She worked in New Jersey, probably 15 minutes away from where we lived. So, um, you know, it wasn't much time that she wasn't in the home. But so my great grandmother was there until I was probably 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that point, then I had my own room um, with her. And then my dad moved a few times. So then he moved from the one bedroom and got a two bedroom. Um, but my sister was with him at that time. She had come from Jamaica because she was she went to high school in Jamaica. Well, she went to elementary school, middle school in Jamaica, and then late high school in America. So she was living with him then, and so then we had to share a room. So the, uh, and then goes shor- back to that sharing. Back to the sharing. That was the, the common theme. And then shortly after, my dad he um, just career progression started making uh, more and more money and bought a home in Queens. So then everybody had their own space at that okay. point. But it sounds like there were quite a few years where there there was a, a lot of compromise. Yeah, absolutely. How how did you deal with that as like a seven or eight year old? Yeah. Um. That's that's a big change. Mm-hmm. That's a big change. The Stacy, you know what? The living arrangement wasn't the biggest issue as far as the space because I was young. As long as I had my toys and you know what I mean, that was all that I cared about. The most devastating part to me at the time was when we moved. Because even though I was only seven, I had my group. I had already started school. I had my group of friends. I had a core group of friends. I remember their names, and you oh couldn't gosh. tell me that I was going to find better friends than these guys. You could not tell me that at the time. So I remember when I moved. It was I was crying. Everybody in my class was crying. It was it was so traumatic at the time. And then once I got settled in Rockland, and I you know I found my new set of friend group. Like 
my roommate, my old roommate, Alan, uh, is one of my best friends still to this day. We've been friends over yeah, 20 years. Yeah. But at the time, you just don't see that. You don't see the future yeah. that eventually you know, you'll be fine. Yeah. So that was the real adjustment, not the space, not only not sharing my not sharing room with my great grandmother. That wasn't it. It was just the adjustment to a new city, a new lifestyle. I'm so happy that you share that because so many women are devastatingly frightened to leave the big primary home mm -hmm. um, because they feel like somehow those four walls of familiarity yeah. are what, what supports their children, mm -hmm. which I, I think there's an element of that. But what you bring to it is, you know what? your friends and your community were more important. So mm -hmm. if you had to leave the big home, but stay you know, roughly in the neighborhood in the same school district, that's so much more important. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's, you know, in our work, our line of work, we sit all the time, that just that yeah. attachment to the home, yes. women will put themselves financially behind mm -hmm. to maintain that home. And it's the advice there is don't underestimate the resiliency of children. At the time, it may be so devastating to them. and seeing them cry, it breaks your heart, but they will be fine. They will adapt and they may be better for it. I don't know what my life would have been like if I stayed in Pennsylvania, but I love growing up in New York. I love being from New York. I love Rothen County. I, it shaped me as a person. It made me go to NYU. I wanted to be in the city. So I don't know if I would be here on this Great podcast school. with you. Yeah. I don't know if I would be here with you at, in this moment in time if I stayed in Pennsylvania. So you just never know. Yeah. Do you feel like it's had any impact on you of being resilient and having grit? Because something I think about you, Devon, mm. um, you you keep on going, right? If you if we have a, a tough day and you know we've worked with certain clients where we hear their stories, yeah. heart wrenching stories. Um, you're one of the most empathetic people, but you also have a grit about you where you're able to kind of pull yourself up and say, okay, how can I help this person? Do, do you feel like the experience you've had of having to learn to be resilient has, has been helpful for you, whether it's been through high school, college, even the life you have now? Definitely. I never put two and two together with that, Stacey, but now that you, you sum it up, definitely. It's, it's being there and knowing that seeing it from that side that I know right now, this is a dark place, this is a difficult time, this is stressful. But I also have been through that, I've seen my parents go through it, um, and they both come out fine. So I know that the, there's, there are success stories out there that after this divorce, that you, you cannot see the forest because of the trees because you're in it right now, but mm -hmm. once you get out of that, it's, you know, you will turn it around. And that's what, uh, that's the grit, that's why I can, you know, take that on and then know that, all right, we'll get her through this, we'll get this client through this, and yeah. she'll be ready yeah. for it. Now, if you think back to um, your new life, mm -hmm. did you notice any differences with regards to money? Um, either a feeling of, you know, mom handles it this way, dad handles it that way, or did you have any just noticing like, hey, I, mom's not buying me that that red bike, mm -hmm. whereas this wasn't a problem before. Mm -hmm. Were there any messages or, or things you picked up on? Definitely, that that example about the bike is so poignant because that conversation happened. There I was a bike? That. Oh my gosh. Well, not necessarily a bike, but I remember that happening when my mom, right that weekend before we moved, my mom said to me, listen, Devon, New York is more expensive than the Poconos. 
So we're gonna have to cut back a little bit. So you know, you can't get every time we go to the mall, you can't get something. Sometimes like it's just not always gonna be the case. And you know, at the time, I was probably bummed out about it, but I understood that she's having this conversation with me. This is a real situation. Well, I think it's amazing that she had that conversation yeah. with you to be able to share. This is the reason why we can't, mm-hmm. right? That we can't, and this is the reason why. Yeah. So to explain that, because I think for some kids, it's probably really scary if all of a sudden they're not able to go to Shake Shack yeah. Um, yeah. like they used to mm-hmm. and be able to eat out all the time and, and their parents don't really explain to them why. Like yeah. we're, we're safe, we're secure, but this is the reason this why. This is the reason why, yeah. And, and I don't know if I even felt it so much after we moved, but I remember the conversation. Yep. I can't say that it was a, dr- a drastic change in my lifestyle or the spending. And then my father was a financial support system. Like I know a lot of women don't have that where, you know, we have unfortunate situations where the other spouse isn't paying child support, isn't paying spousal support. Um, fortunately, I wasn't in that situation. Um, yeah. I know that even as a child, I know that that wasn't a situation. I know yeah. my father was as he would pick me up, you have a check with for my mother. You know what I mean? So that was a help as well. Definitely. Yeah. I, I was reading a study, uh, one out of four women do not receive all of the child support out or alimony slash maintenance that they um, they they were ordered. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a big problem. Um, as far as as you grew up, how um, how did you continue to spend time with your parents? And when you got to the, I guess we call it age of majority, where mm-hmm. you could choose mm-hmm. Do I spend Christmas with my dad or my mom? Um, did you ever find yourself making that decision? Was it comfortable or was it very much of like, this is an agreement, this is what's happening? How, how did you navigate when you became older yeah. and then um, to kind of make sure that you're spending time with, with both of your yeah. parents? It wasn't really an issue in the beginning. Um, and it, in fact, I relished the opportunity to go on the weekend and see my dad. It's just that the older you get, the more you get into activities and you've got Taekwondo tournaments, you've got games, you've got to play or something, whatever it is. Yeah. And then you have to move schedules around. And especially once I got to high school, so I kind of got into my party phase and, you know, you, everybody's having a birthday party this weekend or that weekend. It's like, oh, dad, I want to see you, but can I go to this party too? So, and I remember right before high school, my father was looking at houses near my mom's apartment in Rockland. And at the time, I was so excited about it. it. It didn't end up panning out. But looking back, I wish I would have. I, I don't think I expressed how excited I was to my father. To let him know. How, yeah, I don't think he knew how important that would have been for me. And looking back on what happened to our relationship once I got to high school and had to see him less, I think it wouldn't have happened if he was closer. Because he was in Queens, so it, was still a, it wasn't that I could go see him in the daytime and then go to that party at night. It, you really had to plan around that. Yeah. So that was a strain. Um, and then now, as far as being the age of majority, being an adult, uh, holidays are pretty easy. I spend uh, Thanksgiving with my mom and I always spend Christmas with my dad. Uh, actually, the last two Christmases, my mom has come by and I, spent, I was able to spend Christmas with both of them. Under oh my the gosh. They're, they're, That's impressive, yeah, Devon. They, are, they have a, a pretty solid relationship. They, they can be in the same room for an extended period of time, have a drink, laugh. You know, so that helps out. That's the great. One area where it hurts is uh, with my relationship with my girlfriend because I have this schedule. I have to spend Christmas with my dad, have to spend Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving with my mom. So then that kind of hurts. And then you, I, I, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah. I mean, you now have potentially an, another family, another, right? Yeah, so. And um, I know Michael and I have dealt with mm-hmm. that of, you know, who do we go see for Christmas? Who do we go see for 
Thanksgiving. And, and we have two parents that were married and that mm. was hard enough. Now you've got all these yeah. that I can imagine that's, that's yeah, and, hard. And my girlfriend's family is obsessed with Christmas. Like that's, uh, their, that's their thing. And I haven't been able to spend it with them. And they're always asking, this is going to be our coming up in 2018. This will be our fourth Christmas together. So it's getting harder and harder to say no. So that's, yeah. that's where it comes into play a little bit, but I'll figure it out. Well, they in in England they have Boxing Day, oh, yeah. which is just as special, okay. and it's the day after Christmas. Yeah. So I guess you guys could, you know, maybe maybe do Christmas that way. And do, yeah. do some do some bo- Boxing Day as well. Um, do, do you do you have any advice for parents? Um, how do you tell the kids? Do you do you remember when they told you and any advice you might? have even if you don't remember what what would be comforting for someone to hear yeah so i remember a conversation occurring and i can't i can't tell if it was because i was so young or if maybe i subconsciously blocked it out but i know i can i remember the day it was it was warm my dad pulled up to the house with a u-haul um he pulled up to the house with with a u-haul yeah this was the first i was seeing of it but again i was so young so i can't say that there weren't rumblings of this yeah um and you know he started packing up and he pulled me to the side and we did have a conversation. He explained to me something, but I just don't remember the exact language or, and maybe I didn't understand at the time. But as far as um, advice, I know that even though I don't remember the conversation, I know a conversation was had and that that's helpful. Yeah. And I think that even when the children are young, it's important to have some kind of conversation with them, plan it out beforehand, think about the language that you're going to use. Because that's important that the kids can grasp it in some way, depending on where they are as far as their development. But I think it's important not to, again, underestimate the children, what they can understand, what they see going on. Because I think I would be hurt looking back now if I there was no conversation at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah if he just showed up in the U-Haul, packed yeah. his stuff and went, and, and you're like, what, yeah. what, what happened? Yeah. Even as a six-year-old, you know, you can't, I wouldn't understand the full situation, but at least you told me something. Something you said, Devon, I thought was really uh, interesting. You said that I, I felt rumblings. Of it, we had the conversation, but it's not that I didn't feel rumblings. Mm-hmm. So you were young; you were like six to seven. A lot of uh, a lot of parents, and and I, my daughter's eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if if as a parent I would think she's got to know she's got or or she you know that that uh, my relationship with mm-hmm. Michael, my husband. Um, if there's fighting, if there's things that, that she's going to pick up on that. But what you're saying is kids pick up on that. Yeah. I'm not going to say I did for sure, but I, my sister's 10 years older than I am. And we, I just saw her at Thanksgiving. We were talking about this. It came up randomly. So her recollection of my parents' relationship is much different than mine. Interesting. Um, so I don't know if I really picked up on it in the same way. Because you figure as a six-year-old versus a 16-year-old, that's way different. So as a 16-year-old, it was even more apparent. Yeah, absolutely. My yes. sister, yeah, to me, I was like, oh, he, all of a sudden, my parents went together. My sister's like, eh, not really the case. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't think there's rumblings. But on the flip side to that, I never really experienced my parents fighting. Like, yeah. from my recollection, this relationship was fine, and then they separated. So I didn't have to deal with um, a toxic environment or yeah. you know, back and forth, back and forth, because it just didn't exist in my lifetime. So a big credit to them is that they didn't put you through that. Yes. Right? Absolutely. That they were able to at least contain it, even though you you had a feeling in the in your gut that yeah. like there's something yeah. there's something going on. And so a great takeaway is that, you know, wherever your kids are on that 
spectrum of development, they know something's going on and you need to talk about it. You need to talk about it. And also just hearing from you, your experience versus your sister's experience that trying to shield your kids from it uh, is really important because it sounds like she might've been a little bit more exposed to Mm -hmm. that than, than you were. Um, Wow. So as far as, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, telling, telling your kids, um, we talked about that, that living situation, it's not necessarily the big fancy house. It's the, the same school, the same friends, Mm -hmm. and ideally trying to have the parents, even if they want to kill each other, (laughs) live close so that the kids can still have their life and not have to do I either see you or I go to this birthday party that you can that you can do that Um, anything that you would say that as far as you know watching your dad deal with money um, versus your mom there was an interesting study that was put out uh, that after divorce um, women more so than men improve their spending habits yes did you see that as well? Without question. Without question. Without question. My mom is one of the most frugal human beings that you meet. She's the coupon queen. The coupon, <laughs> coupon, coupon queen. queen. Love it. Love um, it. And that was something I've seen my whole life, um, especially being you know a single mother. Technically, she was always uh, looking for a bargain, and she's just very on top of her spending, very on top of our financial situation. There was never a time when I just felt like we weren't financially secure, even though my father was the breadwinner, was making more money than her. I just always felt in my spirit that she was in better financial footing than he was, um, even though he was just making more money. Hmm. Um, and that's just the difference in their lifestyles. That's interesting. Yeah, my mom drove the same Toyota Corolla from the time that we moved to New York until the time it was mine in high school. That's when ah. she finally got a new car. And my dad went through cars. You know, he got, you know, he drove the BMW. He's that, that guy. You know? Yeah. So it's just a difference in style, I guess. Yep. 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 As far as for you, um, you know, did you take any lessons from that? I mean, uh, you're you're a pretty a pretty financially smart guy, yeah. right? Number one, because you do this and advise people, but yeah. but also, I mean, I know that you're you're smart. You're adding money to your four hundred one k. I mean, you're doing doing all the right all the right things. Yep. Um, do you feel like you picked up a lesson from seeing your your mom versus your dad yeah absolutely um they you know the the common adage is it's not what you earn it's what you spend right so that, it's that's what you term- keep yeah after exactly. you're spending yeah determines what you can save yeah and my mom is the embodiment of that that she lives frugally but she's able to save she's retired now because she you know managed her money that way and we see it with with clients too you know it's not about the how big your portfolio is or what your earnings are if you're spending every dollar that comes in you're not going to be able to save, and it's going to be much more, it's going to be an adjustment in retirement, to say the least. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's great that she's retired, yes. and that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Really nice. Now, is she still in New York, or is she's she? Yep. Still in Rockland County. Nice. Still where I grew up in that same apartment. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. So, as far as um, when you think about things that uh, you, that could have been better, as far as giving tips to um, parents, we, we talked a little bit about the ideally trying to have the parents be closer. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any other 
tips like wish lists of like, gosh, I wish that this could have happened or, or something like that. Um, I, I'm sure after a drink or two, you'd probably tell me <laughs> it would have been nice to have my own room. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that. That's I mean, I can imagine sharing a one bedroom with your dad, let alone then, you know, your grandma there, which, which is, you know, as well with um, is wonderful. But mm. I can imagine having that own space as particularly it sounds like as you got older. <laughs> would have been nice maybe not so important when you had your toys and you were younger um but as you got older that 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 was something that was uh would be important are there any other things that some parents might not think about that actually are important to their kids yeah from an emotional standpoint it would have been nice to have a check-in more a check-in i love that yeah just how how are you how are you feeling how's you know how's this how was time with dad how are things going with mom it was they are great co-parents. My parents, to this day, are great co-parents, but they operate very independently of each other. And it would be nice to have, and especially considering that the fact that they're cordial and they've always been, at least in front of me, I can see us being in a room together and just talking things out. That would be nice. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, that's not something they thought about. And that's not something I thought about until you asked me this question right now. But now looking back, I think that would have been really helpful as far as our relationship as a family unit and then as far as my, you know, well-being. Yeah. So So it almost sounds like, you know, you have your universe with dad Mm -hmm. and what happens with dad stays with dad. Mm -hmm. And then you have your universe with mom and whatever happens with mom stays with with mom. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing I'm hearing that's really amazing is it doesn't sound like there was any like parental alienation Mm -hmm. or negative bad talking, which is blessed. Right. As we know that that's such a no, no. Mm -hmm. But also even with this cordial, friendly relationship to saying, hey, what'd you and dad do? How, how was it? Yeah. Recognizing that you spent the last two days with dad yeah, yeah. and showing that they care about you mm-hmm. of what did you do and how's it going? Mm-hmm. Um, check-ins too, were, did your parents ever say, you know, how are you doing with this, this separation thing? Would that be helpful? That's the key. I think just checking in to see, I mean, it's not going to change anything, so to speak, but it, it would be nice just even to vent. Human yeah. beings love venting, no matter what yeah. your age is, no matter what your situation is. Humans like to ex- we like to express ourselves, get things off of our chest. So as, even as a kid, that's something I would have liked to do. Um, I'm not the most emotional person in the sense that I'm just going to volunteer information. But if I'm asked, I'll happily tell you I'm an open book, but yeah. only when I'm asked. So it would yeah. be nice to have. And my parents know me, mm-hmm. so they know that's kind of how I am. So it'd be nice to, you know, those leading questions like, you know, yeah. Yeah, how are you doing with this? Or because we'd be doing anything different. And that's no knock to them. Me being on the other side, especially now working in it, these are the things I can think about. Yeah. But at the time, you know, they were doing the best they could. Yeah. I mean, it's survival. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And, and um, you know, it's so it's so it's so hard being a parent, let alone this, where you're dealing with your own and you're just trying to do everything you can. The good news is something that they put in place that um, I don't think was there when when you were uh, going through this. They have a great school system program called Apple Split mm. uh, or Banana Splits. I'm sorry, Banana Splits, and um, they've implemented this program to quite a few schools where it's for kids to meet, and there's a you know a psychiatrist or psychologist or social worker MSW. Um, therapist there and it's all kids who parent whose parents are either separating or um, divorcing and that 
I can imagine would be such a, a, a nice, like, guess what? These people get me. Yeah. They, they get me. So I'm hearing that that type of support would be really nice. Absolutely. Really nice. Yeah. And we talk to clients all the time about, you know, we always ask who's, what's your support system look like? Who's exactly. in the corner? And I didn't really have that as a child. I don't, I don't feel like I, I, I lack that or I, but looking back, it would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, my closest, closest friends, their parents were, they come from two parent homes. So I didn't have that connection with them. And I did have friends that, you know, as I got older, especially parents, you know, separate or get divorced. But we, that's not something we talked about because that's yeah. not what bonded us. But having something that a support group that, hey, we, we have this in common and this is what I'm going through. It's similar to what you're going through. Let's talk about it. That would yeah. definitely have been helpful. I'm glad to have that now. Yeah. And I think for a lot of uh, parents, they they rightfully so think, okay, support, all right, I need to get support to get through this. And so then smartly, I'll be strong enough then to be there for my child. Yep. Definitely right. But it might also be helpful to have another leg in the pedestal yeah. of, you know, whatever, maybe it's banana splits, maybe it's, you know, actually just sitting down with you know, art therapy or whatever it might be uh, for for a little one. Um, I, I saw after uh, the terrorist attack that was at uh, the kids' school mm-hmm. on uh, Halloween, they put in uh, quite a few different programs. One was art therapy, another one was talk therapy, another one was just kind of play together for all different ages and all different types of kids. And it was really powerful because each kid needed something different. And for my son, for Sebastian, um, he sees a a counselor Mm -hmm. once a week at school. And one of the things that really helped him was that they got a little therapy puppy. So if you could only picture this cute little puppy that is all of, you know, literally three pounds, (laughs) Running, I mean, it's the best day of the yeah. week for him. Yeah. And there are two other kids that, that join him. And yes. so these are really amazing resources Absolutely. that you can find out there rather than the parents feeling like they have to be the ones to always make sure their kids are okay. Absolutely. Because if they have some help, I can imagine they'll, they'll have a little bit more space mm-hmm. and energy to to be able to do that. Of course, it, it takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to get someone through divorce, yeah. whether adult or child. So yeah. yeah, the more the better. All right, so this question was totally unplanned. Okay. <laughs> totally unplanned. Do you feel like uh, watching your parents' relationship has mm-hmm. taught you lessons for you when you might get married someday? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, even in my relationship now, communication is key. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. the most important thing. My fr- anybody, anyone of my close friends who knows my relationship with my girlfriend, they know our communication is very solid, especially for where we are. I think the younger you are, the harder it is to express how you're feeling or something's bothering you. But that's something my parents are very honest. Both of them are brutally honest sometimes to a fault, especially they embarrass me with their honesty sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I, don't be so honest. <laughs> exactly. Knock it off. But um, I did take that away and understood that no matter what, whatever your relationship is, the more honest you are, the better footing it puts you on. And yeah. just the communication helps you through anything. Yeah. So, I mean, talk about having great skills for a relationship because yeah. 
the number one key skill that keeps people bonded for the rest of their life is being able to talk, yeah. being able to talk. And sometimes it's not so easy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you feel like you've been able to communicate well with both of your parents um, as you've moved from kind of the teenager to an adult? And has that changed at all um, mm-hmm. in, in how... I guess how you communicate. Um, I know you've talked about like having dinners, like, you know, I do my dinner with dad and and, and all of that. Um, I think, yeah, so my relationship with them has changed. My mom and I have always been very close. My mom's always let me be just open and honest. We have a great, you know, channel of communication between the two of us. That's always been like that. Even with my friends, they they know they can talk to her, they know they can go to her, she's that mom. My dad is more the traditional like parent dad, you know, this is, I'm the parent, you're the child. But as I become an adult, uh, that's definitely definitely changed. Especially, he's like my drinking buddy now that we're both, you know, adults. That's so nice. So, yeah, that's really I mean, nice, especially if it's uh, whiskey. Yeah, yeah, he's a whiskey man. It's yeah, like well, me. there you go. I guess that's where I got it from. Yeah, there you go, there you <laughs> so, go. Nice. I know. So just for our listeners, um, so uh, our a whole group went out for for drinks after an escape room uh, retreat, and actually, we were very proud. Um, uh, the room I was in, we got out. We got out first. Not that there's any competition. No competition. No competition. <laughs> but um, but we we went out for for drinks and uh, Devon knows his whiskey. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a whiskey, and um, so he told me exactly which one to try, and it was really nice. Congratulations. Yeah, you, your your dad has done a good job on schooling you on whiskey, yeah. and that's the great thing about moms and dads, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, and but what I'm also hearing is how important it is to have both of them in your life. Absolutely. That. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that, understandably so, um, you know, going through a divorce, unfortunately, a lot of couples see the worst of each other, yeah. and some couples will fight about custody. And of course, if there's a safety issue or or something like that, there needs to be a stepping in and making sure that they're either they they're not seeing the other parent or if they're seeing the other parent they're supervised mm-hmm. um but in as many cases as possible no matter how much you hate your former spouse i'm i'm hearing that it it really is important to so have a relationship with both your mom mm-hmm. which is the traditional but but also really your dad absolutely it's, even if it's hard for the mom yeah. right but it's not about her right this is about it's about you mm-hmm. and 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 your kids. Yep. Because people and couples, especially couples, are so just different. There's just so many things that you can teach your child that your spouse can't. And yeah. my parents are, you know, they're both similar in their big personalities. But my dad is the more adventurous kind of guy. So when we, he's the one that if we go on vacation, you know, we're jumping off cliffs and we're, you know, we're doing those kind of activities that I just wouldn't, I wouldn't get that with my mom. My mom is deathly afraid of heights. We're not jumping off of anything. So. <laughs> So not even a step stool. No, not no, even no. the step stool. No. So it's good to have both of those experiences. It's really important. It shaped me as a person. You know, it made me conservative in some regards, but then also really adventurous in others. So yeah, it sounds like it really rounded. It Absolutely. really rounded out who who you are. Yeah. So I cannot believe we're already at thirty minutes. Wow. Yeah, we, I, I, isn't this unbelievable? Yeah. I mean, we could talk. We could talk forever. Of course. Um, and I can't thank you enough because the. The insight and advice that you have given to all of our listeners, 
um, you've probably spared quite a few women uh, anxiety attacks Mm -hmm. because they can hear from you, the person who lived through this, um, what's important, what's not important, what to talk to them about and how to make it better. Um, But also that it doesn't have to just be the parent supporting you, that Mm -hmm. there are other ways that you could be supported too. Mm -hmm. And that, you know what, as tough as this is on your kids, I mean, Devon, you're such a role model of someone who's resilient, who is hardworking, and you have just such a, um, a, a warmth and compassion about you that I can only imagine has been chiseled and formulated from all of these experiences. And I mean, I think the one thing that every person can agree is that you know, life isn't easy. Yeah. Life isn't easy. And it, it doesn't matter whether or not your parents get divorced or they don't get divorced. It's just, it's not easy. But the skills that you learn from watching your parents go through this mm-hmm. and then hopefully having them support you get through it too are skills that are going to help you. Yeah. I imagine for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And Stacey, I want to thank you again for having me as a guest. Because I was just, I was so excited to share my experience, especially seeing it from both sides, from a professional and a personal. Yeah, you have such a unique perspective, you really do. Yeah, and I just really wanted, my takeaway from this is that for me, I I can't speak for anyone else, but for me, I think it was so helpful that my parents did get divorced when they did, or did separate when they did, because I think it was healthier for me to live in in that type of environment when I was going back and forth than to have to live in a relationship where they were fighting and it was just a toxic environment. I don't think that would have been beneficial for me just to have them both in the house but hate each other. Yeah. I would. I think I would have rather it be where I, it was. And I know that's hard. I know not everyone's going to agree with that. But yeah. I truly, truly believe that from my personal standpoint and also from seeing it on the professional side as well. Devon, I can't thank you enough. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Great to be here. So thank you for everyone for listening in to Financially Ever After. Um, I don't know about you, but I learned a lot today. And um, if anything, my my heart feels happier um, in talking to Devon of understanding um, what kids go through, but that also um, that there's hope and that there's also happiness and there's strength and resilience that uh, kids have and that they're much more resilient than we, we believe. One of the reasons a lot of women um, hold off on starting to get separated or or a divorce is because of their fear about the kids. And a lot of it is also financial. Um, So if you have questions about what would this look like financially for me and the kids, um, I definitely invite you to reach out for our second opinion service. And you can find out about that. It essentially is a full 360 degree view of your entire financial life, giving you everything you need to know about how to prepare, what information do you need, do you need to start tracking your budget, should you spend more, should you spend less, how do you find all the assets, how do you get them all organized, and how do you know uh, what assets you really have. So email me, please, uh, Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at 
francisfinancial.com. Uh, you can also visit our website. I'm very proud there. And actually, what's nice, if you go to the website and you go to the team picture, you get to see a picture of Devon. So uh, you get to see him. Uh, the rest is our, our bright, shining, happy people here. Um, and the website's www.francisfinancial.com. Thank you for tuning in.